Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Oh, we can do better than that. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. There is no better place to be than in church for Christmas, especially to celebrate Jesus' birthday, right? Like Tyler said, the next time this will happen is 11 years from now. So I'll be 67 years old. I don't know how old you will be, but it's great to be here. And I love Christmas. In our house, we start setting up Christmas, the Christmas tree. This is my idea, not Joy's. The day after Halloween, the Christmas tree is up. Anyone else like me? All right, a couple people. You can pray for counseling for me, okay? And we celebrate all the way into the new year. I would never take it down if it was my choice, but we got to take it down eventually. But all the way through Thanksgiving, we even celebrate Christmas too because we give thanks for our Savior. Who's with me? Who can give thanks for our Savior this morning? And today, you can come to church. Yeah, that's worth a bigger applause than that. Today, we can come to church. We can have treats. Hopefully, you already opened up a few presents. You can open up more later. You could come in your pajamas. I just want anyone that wore pajamas to stand up right now. Can you stand up? Let's do a little fashion show right here. All right. Don't be shy. So, see, it's not just for kids. It's for kids at heart. So... Anyway, I'm glad you guys are here. I'm glad to be here with you. And we're going to have a fun morning. And we're going to talk about gifts today, okay? And I'm going to set this right over here. When I was a kid, I loved gifts. I still love gifts, okay? I love to give gifts, and I like to get gifts. Anyone still like to get gifts? All right, anyone like to give gifts? All right, okay, good. So we're going to talk about that for a minute. And I remember when I was a kid, I used to get a lot of these. Can you see this? I love model trains. I still do. Who loves model trains? Don't be shy about this, okay? And my dad let me turn half of the garage into a train layout. So I was building mountains, and I was building cities, and I was building all this fun stuff. I sometimes even run the trains together and watch them derail, all right? But this is all I have left of it. I went to college and had to sell all my stuff and everything. But trains like this are still fun for me to get, and maybe one day I'll have a train set again. But I was noticed when I was playing with trains and a lot of gifts that I got to open, I would have fun for a while and then eventually the luster, the enthusiasm would wear off and I'd want another gift. Anyone ever been like that? Probably some of us can't even remember the gift we got last year that we wanted so bad, okay? And so the gift I talk about today will never lose its luster. You will always hopefully be enthusiastic for it. I was thinking, too, when I was a kid, my parents loved to get stuff. Parents, I think you love to get your kids stuff. And kids or parents, I want you to think of the present, the best present you ever got. Let's say it's a new gaming system. Did anyone get a new gaming system for Christmas or you want one, okay? Or let's say it's a pony. Did anyone get a pony for Christmas? (laughs) Or a new Tesla. Anyone get, no, okay, I don't know what you're going to get, all right? Back in California, we got something electric, right? So here we go. You play with that gift all day. And you just have a great time when you play with it Christmas morning all into the afternoon. It gets to the evening time and you're still playing with that video game system or riding that pony or whatever you're doing. And all of a sudden your parents come in to the room you're at and say, do you really love that gift? Do you really love it? And you say, yes, I love it so much. Okay, I got one more surprise for you. 
Here's the receipt for that gift right now. You owe me $350 for that gaming system, $1,000 for that pony. How many parents would do that? All right, just looking around, make sure no one's down, okay? <laughs> Kids, your parents would never do that because a gift is free. It's supposed to be free. And I have this gift here on stage that this box can't even contain. And I could open up all these smaller boxes around, but if you're like me, I like to get to the big stuff. Anyone like me, the big present, okay? So this is the gift you'll never have to return, the gift you'll never um, have to worry about the right color, the one that will always be enth have enthusiasm for you. You will love this gift forever. And as we heard Maddie read from Luke, we will look at how this gift was given to us. So who wants me to open this gift? Let's see what's in here. Drum roll, please. Scott and I help wrap this. All right, let's see what's in here. All right. All right. All right. Yes. So here we have the cross. And this cross, and this box actually, could not even contain how good this gift is. But I found a symbol, the cross, that we see in most of our churches. And it's better, this gift that we talk about in a few minutes that was symbolized by this cross, better than any gift you'll ever have. And you'll never want another one if you truly get this gift. Jesus is the greatest gift ever. And today, we're going to talk about that. Amen? Amen. Um, I want to focus on a passage that Maddie read, just Luke 2, 2, 10 through 11. It's on the screen right here. It says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is a Christ the Lord. Now that verse right there, a couple things, it's for all of us. A savior for all of us, no matter who you are, this gift is for all of us, represented by this cross. We can have this gift if you want it. The gift of salvation is free. The gift of salvation was given by someone who loves us, God the Father. He is very graceful, and by his grace, he gives us this gift because he loves us. There's a word in Greek, it's called charisma. I love this, this word here. It means a gift of grace. This word was used to define salvation in Romans 5, 15 through 16. And in Romans 6, 23, it says this, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift, the charisma of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That is a promise. And obviously, something is a, if something is a gift of grace, there's no cost to it. It can't be earned. It's given from the giver to us. When writing the New Testament, the New Testament writers were very careful to choose words that would emphasize grace and freedom so you wouldn't have to earn the salvation. As a result, the Bible, this word could not be more clear saying that salvation is a gift of God, absolutely free. It's an absolute free gift of God. And our only responsibility some point in our life is to receive it, is to take it. Will you take that gift? And that's what we have to come to a point with in our life. Are we going to receive the gift or are we going to reject it? And if I have a gift card here, I have a gift card. See another great reason to come to church today. If I have a gift card right here, Andrew, you're right here, okay. Andrew, do you want a gift card? Yeah. All right. Well, what will you do to get this gift card? Well, come on up and get it. All right. Merry Christmas. There's either $10 or $0.05 cents on it. I can't remember, okay? So... <laughs> No, 
But what did Andrew have to do? He had to come up and take the gift. And so this morning, for a few minutes, I want to challenge us, if we haven't, to take, haven't taken the gift already, to take it today. And if we have taken the gift, to share it with others, just like that boy in the video. He was waiting for Christmas. I love that video, especially when he puts the candle in his nose. I love that part, okay? But he was waiting all that time. You would think to get presents, but he was waiting to give the gift. A young boy sharing the love of Christ. And there's a few functions of this gift, and I want to start on a few of them, okay? And we're going to go through kind of like the big four, and I'm going to list a bunch of them real rapid fire here. But on your handout that you came in, it's kind of like a Christmas card. And on the back or on the front, however you're looking at it, are all the names of Christ. We're going to go through all of those today. Just kidding, we're not. We're going to go on just a few of those today, okay? But the first one I want to talk about is Emmanuel, the best gift ever, God with us. That's literally what Emmanuel means, God with us. Both Isaiah and Matthew affirm that Christ, who was going to be born, that was born in Bethlehem, would be God himself, God in a bod, okay? God had a body, and he was going to be born for us, and he came to exist for us to have salvation, Isaiah 9, 6 says, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah got it in saying this is going to be happening for us, for the whole world that would come after him. We get that gift if we want it. And Matthew 1, 23 said, Behold, a virgin will conceive and come give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. So this gift, God with us, that is the first part that I want to focus on today. Whoops. And unlike Ken, Emmanuel doesn't fall from the cross, okay? So Emmanuel, God with us. And this is for any person in this here. God came to dwell with us. The second part of Jesus, this gift, is he's the I am. When Jesus gave himself this title, Jesus gave it to himself, okay? The Jews tried to stone him. They tried to kill him for blasphemy, for lying. And they understood that he was declaring himself to be Yahweh, the God of the Old Testament, which he was. And you know what? In John 8.58, it says this. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. And then way back in Exodus, God, the Father, God furthermore said to Moses, this is what you shall say to the sons of Israel. This is what you say to them. The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. I am is my name forever. And this is the name for all generations to use, to call upon me. And here we are, all these generations later, worshiping our Savior at his birthday party. We got candles for him. We got gifts for him. We are celebrating him. And third, one of the greatest functions of this gift is he is Lord of Lords. Lord of everything. There's not one thing he's not in control of. He's in control of the armies. He's in control of um, all your finances. He's in control of your health. He is Lord of all. Jesus is the sovereign controller, the sovereign ruler over the whole world. Whether you want to admit that or not, one day you will understand that. One day I will understand that. Jesus rules the world. Acts 10.36 says, the word which he sent to the sons of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. And then the last one of these big four here is he is the true God. 
He is not some false little God. He is a true God. He is the one who's divine. This is a direct declaration from Jesus. He, being truly God, is not only divine, but he is the divine. Do you get that? He is the divine. And I love this. Since the Bible teaches there is just this one God that we're talking about, he is part of the Trinity. And the Bible teachers and and all throughout history are trying to teach that to us as we look at who he is being a true God. 1 John 5.20 And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. And in the Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God in eternal life. 1 John, we look in the scripture and you see how many times it says true? He is true. He is true. Again, he is the true God. That's who he is. And I think about this Christmas morning. If I just stopped right there and described those four things, we would be great. Understanding that this is for us. The oldest person to the youngest person. I love people worshiping together because this is for all of us, all generations. But if I really stopped to think about it, Christmas would be nothing without this gift right here. And it makes me think of a quote from my former pastor who I worked with, Dr. David Jeremiah. And it says this. All the Christmas presents in the world are worth nothing without the presence of Christ. Would you agree with that? We could have everything we wanted, but if we don't have the presence of Christ, it's all worth nothing. And those functions are huge. And then there's a whole list in the Bible of, through the scriptures of what this gift does for us and who this gift is. And I want to go through a few of those things right now, okay? Now, the first thing I want to talk about, he's the author and perfecter of our faith. So I'm going to hang this one right here, all right? Hebrews 12, 2, and Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 talk about this. And I'm not, these are just going to have the references up here. You can read them later. I guarantee you, you can read them later and find them in there, okay? But these scriptures talk about that salvation is accomplished only through faith. That is that gift of God, that charisma of God. And we can read about those in the scripture. And Jesus is the founder of our faith. And Jesus is the finisher of our faith. And we are not perfect in our faith yet, but one day when we get to heaven, we will get to see why our faith was so important. Second, he's the bread of life. John 6, 35 and 6, 48. Just as bread sustains us physically, Jesus is the bread of life that sustains us eternally, faithfully, spiritually. God provided manna for the Israelites in the desert because they were fleeing the, the bondage. And Christ provides the bread for us, broken through his body to sustain us spiritually. I love that. He is our bread spiritually. Third, he's the bridegroom. Oops, I better hang these up right here. I knew I'd forget that, okay? He's the bridegroom. Oops, pretend that's hanging right there. I'll get it in a second, okay? Matthew 9.15 is a perfect picture of this. The picture of Christ as the bridegroom and the church as his bride. So here comes, I love weddings, my favorite thing to do in the world. And that groom is waiting up there for the bride to come down the aisle. Well, that's the picture that Christ gives us, the Bible gives us of Christ. Christ is coming down to us, his church, and we are bound to each other by a covenant of grace that can never be broken. And just like our marriages are never to be broken, sometimes I know they have to be, I know one thing, that our marriage to Christ, the bridegroom, is us, the church will never be broken. He will never break that. 
Fourth, he's the deliverer. Romans eleven twenty six. Just as the Israelites needed God to be delivered out of the bondage of Egypt, so Christ is our deliverer from the bondage of sin. Who's ever done something wrong before? Just making sure. All right, a few of us have, okay? So for us that have done something wrong before, we need that deliverer, and Jesus is the only way to deliver us from our sin. Number five, he's the good shepherd. Good shepherds take care of their sheep. John 10, 11 through four, and 14, 10 and 14 says this. In Bible times, and talks about this concept, in Bible times, the shepherd was willing to go out and risk his own life to take care of his sheep. His sheep were the most important part of his life, and he would protect them from predators, from wolves, from lions, whatever was out there. Jesus laid down his life for his sheep, us, and cares about us and nurtures us and feeds us if we take this gift. He promises to be our good shepherd. Have you taken it? And sometimes we have to trust the shepherd. You know, I used to raise, little known fact, I used to raise sheep in 4-H, okay? Any other 4-H FFA people? All right, I'm the only one. Great, okay. So I grew up in Fallbrook and we had sheep. And I remember learning this story that when you're a shepherd, sometimes you have to teach through hard circumstances. Now, shepherds in Israel back in the day, maybe they still do this now, if a lamb kept wandering, if a lamb kept going away and running away and getting in danger, the, lamb, the shepherd would actually break the lamb's leg. And then that shepherd would hold that lamb on his shoulders till the leg mends. And you know what? That sheep never ran away. That lamb never ran away again because he trusted the shepherd. And when we're going through these hard times, no matter how old or young we are, you may be going through something hard. But God is there taking us through those physical pains too. He promises to be the lamb of God. The good, sorry, the good shepherd. Lamb of God is next, all right? The lamb of God. God's law called for sacrifice. God's law called for a spotless lamb, an unblemished lamb as atonement for our sin to give us forgiveness of our sins. Jesus became that lamb and he was led to slaughter. He was led to die for us. Showing his patience and the suffering and his readiness to die for his sheep. He is that lamb of God. Just a couple more. He's the mediator. I love this part. 1 Timothy 2.5. A mediator is one who goes between two parties to bring peace to them, to reconcile them. Christ is the one and only mediator, the only mediator we need. We don't need to go through different mediators, mediators here on earth. He's the only mediator we need who reconciles us to God. We confess to him. This one's getting a lot of use right there, that hook, Okay. Nine is the rock. Now, I did architecture for many years before I went into ministry. And we were told, and wise decision, not to build on sand, not to build on um, very loose uh, soil so it's compacted and things like that. But if I'm going to have the best results, I want to build on something firm. Rock, as much as I can be built on that rock, building a house on that rock, well, spiritually the same way. He is the rock upon who we build our spiritual faith, our spiritual houses, so that when those storms come, and we will have storms, I promise you that, when those storms come, he will keep us from being shaken apart. Have you ever experienced his rock, his foundation? Hopefully, you don't have to go through too many storms, but when you do, it's good to be built on the rock. And Number 10, he's the resurrection of life. Now, I can't finish up talking about Christmas without bringing 
focus on Easter. John eleven twenty five, 25, okay, embodied within Jesus is the means to resurrect, to bring back to life sinners. Just as he was resurrected from the grave, our sin is buried with him. When we do a baptism, our, our sin is buried with him. And then we come out of the water. We are resurrected, symbolizing that newness in him. He is the resurrection of life and life. He's our Savior. Matthew 1, 21, Luke 2, 11. He saves people by dying for them and redeeming them. That's the greatest gift ever. I have no, I've never had anyone die for me. And if I was to die for someone, maybe I could take a bullet for someone, but I would only be dying for one person. He is the Savior for all who will trust him. And this gift is not a physical gift as much as it is a spiritual gift. By giving the Holy Spirit to us as part of this gift, uh, it renews us, it gives us power. It enables us to overcome spiritual enemies. And it sustains us through trials and death. That's what this gift does. And on the last day, and we all will have a last day on this earth. I'm not trying to be weird or, or sad, but we all have a last day on this earth. And when we get to that last day, if we're Christians, you'll be ushered into the presence of the Lord. We grieve with those who are hurting, but we don't grieve without the hope of Jesus Christ. And finally, if you don't remember any of these attributes, any of these names of Christ, remember this one right here. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Three things right here. John 14, 6 says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is saying that. Jesus is saying he's the only path to God. He's the only truth in a world of lies. And he's the only source of eternal life. I think about this. The Bible teaches that there is no other way to salvation except through Jesus. He is not a way, as in one of many ways. He is the way, as the one and only. He is the only way to Jesus, and that to Christ is the only way to God. He is the path to God, and that's why we celebrate him. To receive God's free gift of salvation, to receive a gift, we must look to Jesus and Jesus alone. You can't add Jesus on to something else that you're following or some other religion. It's Christ alone. We must trust in Jesus' death on the cross, that painful cross, as our payment for our sin, and then his resurrection where he's not in the grave. Joy and I have been to Israel three times, and we went to the grave of Jesus, supposedly. And you know what? He's not in there. You know Why? Because he came back to life. I could not get up here and say, worship a dead God. Don't worship a dead God. Worship Jesus Christ, the greatest gift ever. Kids, worship a living God. Parents, adults, worship a living God as we sing to him and study his word. And our generation needs to know the hope that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Now, back in the day, back in the day of Jesus, uh, you can find this in uh, John 6, 68, in that area right there. There were times when the followers of Jesus were deserting Jesus. And Jesus asked his disciples, his true followers of Christ, are you going to leave me too? And Peter said this, and I hope this is our reply too. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. May we have Peter's sentiment in that this Christmas. When the world may try, try to say leave Christmas and make it something else, may we remember 
that Christ is the whole reason for Christmas. Amen? The whole reason why we're here. And as we wrap up this talk today and we get ready to go home, I want you to remember, because of this gift, we are fully adopted into God's family. No ifs, ands, or buts. You all have an adoption story. I have an adoption story. Some physically, all of us spiritually that are Christians, when we adopted Isaiah, he became a part of our family immediately as soon as that adoption happened. And that's how we are. As soon as we trust Christ, we are adopted into his family. And I love that about him. And you got to trust the good news. The good news, the gospel is the good news. And I like to explain it this way. You know what? Good, good things happen in the beginning. Creation started off good, okay? That's my first one right there, good. But guilt came into the world because of Adam and Eve's sin. And we are still guilty today because of generational sin that passes on. Because we all mess up. We all make mistakes. But because God doesn't want to have separation from us, he gives us grace through Jesus Christ. Only through Christ alone. But that grace comes by us receiving him. And then I got to have gratitude. Not because I'm obligated to have gratitude, but because my life becomes this worship back to him. Whether I'm kneeling down or standing up or driving down the road or singing a song or studying his word. I'm thankful, Jesus, that you saved me. Have you been truly thankful this Christmas morning? Have you been truly thankful this past year? And then the last G is God's people. The more I study scripture, the more I see that God's people are supposed to worship together in community, not separated out all the time, but all generations together like this morning, worshiping him. And part of our growth and part of the gospel is you and I. God's people. So this Christmas morning, I want you to think about this. The greatest gift was bought at the greatest price to fulfill the greatest need that we have. Eternity spent in heaven with Jesus Christ instead of separated in hell apart from him forever. That's the truth. Have you received Jesus, the greatest gift ever, why would you not receive it? If you don't know about it, go find out questions. Go find out answers. Why you don't believe in Jesus? Don't just take someone else's word for it. But if you do believe in Jesus, praise God, you found the truth. And if you are a Christian, I believe there are some Christians in here, okay? Our job is to share the greatest gift with others, just like that boy did. That boy did that in that video. He wasn't ready for Christmas to be all about something. He took that gift to that homeless man or whoever that man represented. It's supposed to be shared. Receive the gift. Take the gift. Open the gift. Enjoy the gift. Share the gift with others. And here's how you can do that, not just this week, but you can do this when we go out those doors in a few minutes. You can share the gift by, with Jesus by, as you go forward by this. Feed the hungry. Comfort those who need to be comforted, who are afflicted. Love the outcast, someone that's different than you. Love those who have wronged you. That's a hard one, Okay. Inspire and give hope to the hopeless. And I thought some practical ones yesterday. Drive nice, okay? <laughs> Don't wave at someone with one finger when you're passing them by the, the road, okay? But drive nice. Have a good attitude because we are representing the gospel to others. And I have one last scripture right here because I've been trying to describe to you a gift that's really indescribable. 2 Corinthians 2.15 says this, thanks be to God, for his incredible gift. Thanks be to God for his incredible gift. And I wonder if we can go back to this quote by Billy Graham. I kind of skipped over it, but 
It says this, and I believe this with all my heart this Christmas. The very purpose of Christ coming into the world was that he might offer up his life as a sacrifice for the sins of men. He came to die. This is the heart of Christmas. This gift is given to us, and it cost Jesus everything. In a few moments, in a few moments we're going to close in prayer. And my friend Jorge, one of our elders, is going to come up. But we're going to have a time of response this Christmas morning. You see, I think that when we show up to a birthday party, we bring gifts to the person who's having a party. Well, this is Christ's party. And he doesn't want monetary things. He really wants our hearts. So as the worship band comes up in a moment and does this last song of response, just as we do communion, there's four tables, two in the front and two in the back, so wherever you're the closest. And on that table is an ornament with the name of the greatest gift ever, Jesus Christ, one of his functions. And I would like you to take one ornament, not one for your whole family, okay? Just, I mean, you could take one for here, but don't bring it to your Christmas guests and everything like that, okay? Whoever's in here, take one ornament. It doesn't matter what name you pick. Today, this afternoon, going forward, hang it on your Christmas tree. And remember that the greatest gift was given to us. And just like we're tangibly receiving something, tangibly, more important than tangibly, spiritually receive Christ. And whoever's manning the tables, if we run out of get ornaments, there's more underneath, okay? So let me pray, and we'll have this time of response. Don't be shy if you want this, this gift. Take it, just like we can take the gift of Christ. Lord, as we share this morning, this Christmas morning, and we, as we're about to close this service in a few minutes, you are the one that gives us life. You are the one that we can't even describe, but we tried to on Christmas morning, and you are the one that we offer our lives to as your present because of your presence. So Lord, as we sing this last song, as we respond by taking a Christmas ornament and then coming back to our seat and singing this song of response, may we be thankful for who you are by that name on that ornament and also all the other things we can't even describe. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for your salvation. Amen.